<sighs> Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Start the Beat podcast with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get into it, I just wanted to take a brief moment to thank those of you who checked out last week's episode with Josh. I hope you all enjoyed the conversation and I'm happy you all decided to come back. <sighs> if you are new to the show, I'm glad you're here too. So, uh, I don't know, please feel free to make yourselves at home. There's beer and soda in the fridge. My buddy Tim is on the show today, and uh, for those of you who don't know Tim, he is a DIY show promoter in the Pittsburgh-ish area who has been booking shows for a respectable amount of years and is notorious for his strong defense of having artists sell tickets to play shows. He is not a pay-to-play promoter by any means, but because of a widespread misdefinition and misunderstanding of the pay-to-play structure, Tim often gets put into that category. Uh, We're going to get into some of these misunderstandings about pay-to-play, talk about the flaws of donation-based DIY show structures, and hopefully give you some new perspective on the concepts of promoting and marketing yourself within a local music scene from the viewpoints of the promoter and the artist. Me and Tim might not see eye to eye 100%, but I think he's a good dude who has his heart in the right place for sure. And I I truly think that he's trying to help the scene by encouraging artists to aim higher, work harder, and just think outside of the box. He has some really good views and points on things, and I hope you take something positive from this conversation. So, yeah. Alright. Enough blabbing. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! Yo, Giant Eagle has this, there are four packs of this, like, orange cream soda. Is it the Virgil's? It, yeah, it is Virgil's, With, like, yeah. the Lumberjack on it? Yes. Yes. They make a black cherry cream soda. That is true. I haven't tried the black cherry I've cream. never seen yeah. it. You've never seen it? <laughs> no. Okay. If I saw it, I would get it. But they have a, um... Fenomans. Have you ever seen that shit? No, I have no idea what that is. They do, uh, it's all like botanically brewed micro sodas. <laughs> like, I can't, I'm not wording that correctly. But it's. <laughs> That's so cool. It's pretty expensive for soda. It's like eight bucks for a four pack. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, that's maybe two bucks a bottle. That's not really that. Is, is this. Anyways, okay. it's really fucking good. Yeah. They make I'll like. Try a, that. It's like a dandelion and something uh, it's wild i don't know that is... but it's really good and it's not horribly bad for you it's Fair like enough. It, for a soda it's pretty healthy dare i say <laughs> as, as healthy as soda could possibly be yes yes are you still doing the uh vegetarian thing i am i am are you're not i, I mean, pretty much i mean pretty i never much. quit eating fish okay 
but I don't eat fish very often because I don't really like fish. Fair enough. But, uh... I miss know, cod. Shrimp in an Asian meal is good for me. And Always, yeah, like, yeah. like big fish sandwiches. That's like my right. equivalent of seafood that I eat. God, I, I miss fish sandwiches. I haven't had a fish sandwich in like four years, dude. Four years at least. Oh my god, I just want to go back to Woolies like so bad, but... I don't know. I They're moving Woolies. What? I've heard. I heard somebody. Uh, this isn't the most reputable source. It was somebody okay. on the bus. <laughs> I overheard them saying. Okay, so, so, so take with half a grain of salt for this one. <laughs> I overheard some guy on the bus saying that they're moving woolies. Wow. That's distracting. Sorry. I just took a picture of you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> if, that, if that's okay with you. Oh, no, it's don't... totally fine. Okay. So, uh. It's my scouter. Is Was that a yeah. Google Glass thing? Is that what that is? It is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, your power level's over 9,000, obviously. <laughs> obviously. No, it, it takes pictures and video and shit. It's okay. like it's like, a, it's like a cell phone almost, but without your hands. It's supposed to be hands-free. Like, I could do anything with it without touching the side of it, basically. Okay. Which is kind of cool. I, I think it's kind of cool. That sounds awesome. It makes you look ridiculous. Like a, a big douchebag. But <laughs> it, for, for the most part, I mean, it's uh, I'm, pretty cool. I'm intrigued by it. But we'll have to... We'll, we'll elaborate. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll have get to there. get to that. We'll get to that, yeah. So, shows. What about them? They suck. I hate shows. Really? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Okay, that so shows. we can get into this. Okay. From uh, two different standpoints, I suppose. Possibly. Uh, promoter and performer. For the most part. Because um, I would say that I've probably promoted as much as you've performed, and then vice versa. Touche. Good point. Very good point. <laughs> so right. we both have a little bit of uh, experience in, on both sides of things, and we understand how it works. Sure. So tell me about the current state of promotions for you. Uh, well, it's not bad. Okay. I mean, here's, here's the thing. Like, you can't – a lot of people gripe about this shit on – am I allowed to say shit? Fuck it. So, <laughs> so look, so there's a lot of, of – people out there that are sick of the bullshit they're like you know oh the scene fucking sucks like i fucking hate this i fucking hate that and i think that you can't say it's wholly horrible because even if you dislike what's going on right now you gotta you really gotta like remember that bad word but at least you're blessed enough to be involved in all of it you know what i mean like totally it's not like any of us are getting younger anytime soon it's not like any of us you know have false notions of dreams and and stuff like that but at the same time it's like yeah we want things to be better we we always want you know more fans at each show you know for each band we want you know bands to do you know whatever it is they want to do with their music so i just you know even though i dislike the current state of it to a point I don't think I'll ever be satisfied, but I'm satisfied that I'm, I'm part of it. How has everything been? I know that the keynote is back up and running. Yes. Have you been to it? No. You're fucking missing out. I love the new keynote. Is it? Is okay. it? I mean, have they changed the setup any different or is it the same shit? You've been to the old keynote, right? Yeah. Okay. First and foremost, new building. Oh, okay. Not the same building. Okay. Um, besides the distance of it from the major city, Pittsburgh, there's a lot of cool things that I think that she, while she had no venue, took the time to really reflect on and found a way to make everything work, especially with the feedback she received. Let me get to my point. First off, bigger place. Yeah. Much bigger place. Like four times the size of the old place. Okay. All one floor. 
Uh, so, okay. Which That's... is a very important, less steps. Yeah. Okay, we could talk about steps all day with, like, the Smiling Moose and bullshit, but it's it just makes everything infinitely easier. Sure. Num- number three, side door for bands to load in. Okay. So they Excellent. don't have to load right through the front anymore. Yeah. They don't have to go and, and do bullshit. Number four, green room. Okay. There's a room in the back. Not quite green room, green room, but place for the bands to just store shit, which is very important. It's not like the old keynote where you had, you know, bands performing on the bottom floor. You had like, you know, six bands and then you had all their shit scattered on the top floor because there was no room for it down there. I enjoy it a lot. Excellent. I'm thrilled that she's back. That's just me. That's awesome. I think yeah, it's awesome. I have been wanting to check it out. I just haven't had the opportunity to do so yet. Sure. Because, you know, one thing I think, I don't know. I know you're doing shows out there, and I think Jarrett's doing shows out there. I don't know anybody else is doing shows out there. Pretty much. And um, a big thing with me, Mm -hmm. living so far away from the keynote, and a big thing with you that I think collides is the ticket thing, which I don't don't disagree with, and it's a conversation I want to get into. Absolutely. Because I know that you're... Very adamant about defending that shit. Yeah, and... I'm on both sides of it, but I think a lot of the people like the fuck pay to play people okay. are lazy bums. We'll get to that too, because I <laughs> I have a very I have a, I have an argument that at least I'm satisfied with as a person that yeah. I can fall asleep at night with. I don't think that I mean there are legitimate cases of promoters that do really try it's happened to me. Sure. Where it's been a legitimate pay to play operation. Operation. Sure. Legitimate like one hundred percent. Okay. And I think a lot of people are starting to confuse pay to play with promote to play because I, I don't disagree. Well, I'll I'll stop you there for a sec. Are we gonna get into it like this right now, or are we still talking about the keynote? I just want to know where. I'm where done. We are I'm right just, now. We're just going. Fuck into the keynote. It. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, not, fuck not, the keynote. not fuck the keynote. Well, my point. I like the my point that I was trying to get, get into. getting into why you don't play out there. Why I, I am, haven't been out there yet is because of or, I, I don't want to ask you to play a show and not play by your rules. Here's the thing, I. Look, if, if a band, in my opinion, or in their opinion, anybody's opinion, can go and, like, get the people out there to make it, like, worth a damn for them to play, then it's all good. You know what I mean? Sure. The problem that I've seen is that I have booked some bands that, that are like, you know, I've done this for, what, four or five years, ten years, depending on the band, depending on the people, yeah. you know, have been doing it for a long-ass time. Even a year, people can get burnt out, you know? And they just, they don't want to be involved in it anymore. They're just like, you know what? I just want to play. I just want to have fun. It is what it is. And I'm just like, you know, that's that's cool. But then day of show, a lot of these same bands, at least from my perspective, will come up to these shows that I've done and just be like, where's all the people at? And sure. I'm like, fuck do I know? Like I, like, I don't know all your fans individually. You're the promoter. Why don't you promote us? You can't promote a local band with a flyer to people that don't know that local band. You can't go and just rely on a flyer to get people there unless they know already who you are. In advertising, you always have multiple forms of it. You always have radio ads. You have billboards. You have printed stuff. You have newspapers, uh, online stuff like that, videos before your YouTube thing that you're trying to watch, stuff like that. It reinforces the point in your head constantly. I would not have cared or known about this UPMC slash Highmark bullcrap unless I heard it every morning going to work. Yeah. Okay? So, continuously through your head, that works. The problem is that the money coming in to a show versus the money that you would have to pay out to do all of that is is 
ridiculously lopsided. Oh, sure. Like, I, yeah, you may, you know, be able to do radio ads and print ads and flyers and multiple forms of advertising besides just one form and expect to get maybe 50 or 60 people for a local show. It could work. Besides social media, we're not even getting there yet. And that could work, but compared to the amount that you're paying out for that crap, it's just so imbalanced. It's not even worth a damn, in my yeah. opinion. But I think that the main thing is expectations. Okay, with an event. If you have expectations that, okay, we're going to go into this event and we're going to get 150 to 200 people there. you got to use what works, what is more, most likely to get a fan to commit to go to an event in order to reach that. If you just go into an event saying, you know what, we're just going to play a show at Ormsby, rest in peace, temporarily. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to play a show at Ormsby, you know, we're just going to have fun. It is what it is. And yeah, you may get a lot of people going into that, and it may be cool. You know what I mean? But if you have expectations on, hey, you know, we're going to try to do stuff to a point that isn't like any other. We're going to try to get a lot of people there to see every band. We're going to have everybody do a little bit. It's going to add up to a whole. I myself also sell tickets. We'll get to that later, too. Yeah. But um, in theory, it's meant to go and have a bigger response than your normal show. For the bands that come up to me and say, you know, hey, man, you know, we're not going to sell tickets. If we can just play, we can just play. A lot of times, depending on the show, I'll let them play. But I've found whenever I ask at the door, hey, what band are you here to see today? They get only a few, sometimes none, no people there. And it, it just feels like as if they're leeching off of the other band's fans. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Right. Because that's something that I've noticed a lot in the the hardcore punk in quotation marks scene <laughs> yeah. that we have and I've been a part of because of old fears. Yes. Aside from shows that we've played with Drusky and stuff like that, we have never we've never played ticketed shows. Mm -hmm. They just don't exist in that scene. Right. But the why, thing why is that? I couldn't tell you why it doesn't exist. I think a lot of the people have that like fuck pay to play mentality. And I get it, but there's so many of these shows that they're very rarely well-attended shows. Right. And all of the bands, I think, are intentionally just trying to leech off of the other band's fans. But it's definitely not enough for it to ever become anything bigger than what it is now, which isn't much of anything. Um, we're constantly in Pittsburgh. Right. Losing venues, getting venues, losing venues. And the only ones that really stay still are the venues that, you know, are, I don't want to say controlled, but sure. controlled by the bigger production companies. There just really isn't a place in the city for local bands to play consistently. Right. Which would be awesome if we had it, but I don't think we ever will. Well, I think you already have it. I think that you have places like... You know, even though I dislike them, you have Roboto. True. Okay. Which anybody can rent. Literally anybody can rent. Um, it's dirt cheap. Okay. That's no surprise. It's fucking written on the wall. And you could do pretty much whatever you want there. But I feel like there's other things part of Roboto that are problematic, if you will. I, I reflected on this a while. It's been a couple months since we quote-unquote left Roboto. I don't know if you. I don't know if you followed that at all. No, no, no nobody, nobody gives a shit about that part. But like, we had a couple events booked there, and one day I got an email. 
I'm not going to say from whom, but it was it was one of the board members at the time, at least. And it wasn't from from them. It was a fake email. And it said, hey, you know, we're a band from Uniontown. We want to play a show, you know, at Roboto with you guys. We saw your flyer at Roboto. Uh, what do we have to do to play? So I replied back, and I'm just like, you know what? You know, we have a lot of shows there. I'll uh, I'll send you some, and and you know what it takes to play those shows. And they're like, oh yeah, you know what? We uh, you know, we don't have a big fan base, so we can't really sell any tickets right now. Can we play a show without it? And I replied back, and I'm like, hey, you know, the majority of the shows that we did without tickets, we didn't get a lot of people at, so we're only doing pre-sale shows now. Let me know whenever you guys are ready. No sooner than like two hours later. A board member posts a picture on Facebook saying that it was it was one it was a picture actually from the website neverpaytoplay.org. I don't know if you've ever gone on there before. No. It's a it's a very very lopsided resource. What they say on there is factual, but it's lopsided. And I'll get to that in a minute too, but basically what happened was that they posted that on there. I got into a little bit of a Facebook argument with the girl and I basically said, look, like, if that's going to be your stance, like, we're not going to do shows here anymore. And basically that was it. I just sent the I sent the booker, uh, Richard, an email. I'm just like, dude, sorry, we're not doing it. Here's the thing, too, about Roboto. And this is, this is part of the major point why we left. We thought we were doing a good thing. Roboto has two ways for you to pay for rent. It's either 65 bucks flat. And again, this is this is that time of recording. 65 yeah. bucks flat or 25% of the door, whichever is greater. So I'm going to save the listener's math, um, 260 bucks. If you make more than 260 at your show, you give them more than $65. As they're a nonprofit, as they're you know located in Pittsburgh, sure, rent may or may not be that expensive. Irrelevant. The point is that we wanted to give them more money so that they stayed afloat, okay? At least in our eyes. And even if you know they had five other people that booked shows, even if each one of them only did 65 bucks, if we did two or three shows a month, where we would able to give them, you know, a hundred, two hundred, maybe more, maybe less. You know, I'm not saying we ever did, but you know, just more than that, sixty-five bucks. I felt we were doing a good thing in that that we were trying to do more. But I guess they didn't feel that way along those lines. They felt that it was harming artists. Which do you want to cut in and say anything? Because I could rant on this for <laughs> another five minutes. Well, no, that's the thing. This yeah. is there's there's a sign. In Roboto now, mm-hmm. that says like that's Rob- what I was talking about. Roboto is not a pay-to-play venue and things like that. The all the bands that I know that are like, oh fuck, ticket sales. I don't feel like doing that shit. I just want to play. It's out of sure. It's out of laziness. I don't think that you asking me to sell tickets is a big deal. And I have a ton of rebuttals. I have a ton of rebuttals. <laughs> Let's keep, see, keep it going. Let's see, there's there's a sure. hundred different bands that could play your show. Okay. And I think what you want to do is just have bands that are going to pull their weight and sell tickets. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Sure. For you to like pick and choose who plays your events. Nobody is entitled to play your event. But what are you gonna say? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I, get, you, I, get, I see you. Just you got it, dude. No, I got it, dude. My, I'm, I'm ready. All right. So here's the thing. So there's a lot of flaws in Roboto's logic, and there's a lot of flaws in the logic of pay-to-play, and there's a lot of flaws in all of this. First and foremost, before anything, it's not the bands that are the problem with attendance. What is the issue? The fans. The fans are the issue. If fans came out to shows, we would not do that. 
you have Netflix, you have movies, you have dinner, you got all these different things you could do on a Friday, a Saturday, or a Sunday night. What makes you want to go to that local show? In my opinion, pay-to-play, the phrase pay-to-play, is being massly, massly um, misused. Misused. Yeah. Okay. In I my agree. in my opinion, okay, in the opinion of Roboto, being selling tickets is pay to play. The problem with this logic is unless you the band are buying your own tickets, you're not paying anything. Yeah. Right? The fans are buying advanced tickets at a discount. They're they are committing to go and watch you unless they're idiots and spend what, five, eight, ten bucks, however much, to go and and, and just not show up. They were making a commitment to go and see you. So you're, you, the band, are not paying anything. That, that is not pay to play. If you're buying your own tickets, if, you're, if you get offered a spot to open for Wiz Khalifa and you got a, at, at the Irish Center in Pittsburgh, yeah. sorry, sorry, throwback, <laughs> and you have to go in and pay 500 bucks out of your pocket, like the rap scene is fucking known for that. At, oh, least, yeah. at least a little bit like I've seen of it. Not, not necessarily like, oh. like the white rap scene, but like the... Yeah, no, uh, 100%, 100%. Like if it's, if it's like, a, like a decent... Act like let's say like Juicy J. Like if yeah, it's, if it's club juice, shit. You're if it's, paying if it's for shit, your slot. You're literally paying for that's your all slot. it is. That is pay you're to play. Paying, that's literally that's paying to play. You're not asking anybody to buy these tickets. Right. It's just it's hey hey these are tickets you should sell them so this, you can play right. for people. And then it, this is the other part of my point. Sure. Is if somebody if a promoter wants you to sell ten tickets. Okay. To play a show at Roboto. Right. And if it's that hard for you, or that much of a pain to get 10 people to come out... The problem isn't the show, or the problem isn't the... What is the problem? The problem, I think, is <laughs> the band's lack of effort to put themselves out there. True. I think that it's laziness. What I said earlier about the rental, it's either $65 or 25% of the door, whichever is greater. She later posted on there, fuck promoters, let's cut the middleman out, let's make it all about the bands. And I dis- and I don't disagree. Like, if that's what you want to do, that's cool. I'm not going to go and fight with you about that. You don't want promoters? Okay, whatever. Here's the problem in this logic. If you're a band and you're saying, hey, I want to book a show at Roboto, who's the promoter now? You the band. Got me so far? Yeah. And if your tickets are five bucks at the door and you don't get, what is that, 13 people? Is, is that right? Yeah, 13 people to show up. What are you doing? You're paying to play. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck Roboto. That's bullshit. Like, we're trying to go in. Like, we're taking the financial responsibility. Yes, I know it's small. I know it's 65 bucks. Whatever. It's still, it's still we're taking the responsibility to do that. But if you're abandoned, you rent that out, and you don't make that much, guess what you're doing? You're paying to play. So where is the logic in any of this shit? Where is it? The issue with the DIY scene... That's a lot of vinyls, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They're not... They don't want to put money into anything. They don't want people to pay money for everything. They're all about donations and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, nobody's making any money. Not that you should make money. Sure, I get what you're saying. Not that you have to make money to be successful. Mm -hmm. But to get to a certain point, you know, DIY bands that go on tour and complain about having to live really really cheap and all of this other stuff and it's like it's because you're playing these places that are having these free shows there's no money coming in so there's no money to give you and it's really hard to be a successful band 
to a certain level sure. without like obtaining some sort of an income to fund it because gas costs money, music equipment costs money. It's not cheap. It's, <laughs> it's not you cheap. You have to eat. You know, there's right. so much expense that goes into this. Another issue is new bands that want to rush for the top immediately. Like, oh, hey, you know, I started some new metalcore band and Kill Switch Engage is going to be here in two weeks. We have to play this show. Right, I hear And you. then it's like, oh, okay, you could play this show. Do you think you could sell 50 tickets at fucking $25 a piece? <laughs> yeah, for Kill we Switch, could do that's, that. That's light for Kill yeah. Switch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing, I'm just I, throwing I, I know, I'm numbers fucking, I'm fucking with you. Um, and, you know, these bands agree to do this. And then, you know, they play at fucking 6 o'clock to nobody because... They put all. They probably took all the money out of their pockets or borrowed money from their fucking parents to pay for these tickets, and then they there's nobody there for their show because they're expecting people to be there. People to be there anyways. Right. And it, it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. The promoter asked a local band to play this show right. because they needed help getting people at the show. Exactly. If there's any time there's like a big, big, big tour package that comes through that doesn't need that little extra boost of people all the there bands. are no local openers right but all the bands want to play anyway <laughs> yeah there's no local openers on those shows but right. then you'll get some fucking like motionless and white bullshit it's like motionless and white plus four random locals right and they're hoping that all of those locals are going to bring 50 people each because motionless and white isn't going to draw that much Right. Now, that's wrong because Motionless and White will draw a lot. That's just, again, me, right. an example I, of pulling a name out of a hat no and they, using it. No, they won't. But you know who will draw a lot? Blind Guardian, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I, I, I mean, it's just... I start with the stage AE. What? <laughs> I, under, <laughs> so I understand <laughs> why promoters do it and blah, blah, blah. Just, just know thyself. Know what you... Are yeah. about know what you want to do. Don't take shit that you can't handle. And yes. if if you want to be if you want to play the DIY stuff all the time, totally cool. I mean, it's yeah. really hard for me personally as an artist. Right. As long as I've been doing this and mm -hmm. like still in Pittsburgh. Right. It's really hard for me to sell tickets now because nobody gives a fuck anymore. I've been doing this for so long. It's like uh, that's not true. You've seen it once. You've seen it all. No. I can never fucking get anybody to come out to a fucking show. So right. it's like this weird like backpedal thing where I feel like, okay, I have to start from scratch again. And it's like starting Br from... No, you're fucking completely wrong. Can I please interject? I guess. All right, cool. First off, you're one of the... Uh, not to toot your horn. You're one of the most creative people our city has. Musically and artistically. Well, I appreciate that. You're welcome. But that's the truth. Just... Every, I respect so much of what you've done. You have no idea how much I love your music. Real shit. You're my friend, but I, I fucking love this shit, dude. It's really good, and it's really creative, and, and honestly, I could listen to it all day. The thing that I feel was that, like, maybe more people need to listen to it. Because, yeah, like, you know, you, you get artists that are similar to you in a way, and yeah, you, you do go off the deep end sometimes with, like, the creativity and stuff like that. You do, okay? You get, you get like, really abstractly with it, but, and, that's, and it is what it is. But I feel like if the right people, not the right people, but if more people heard it in general, you know, it would, it would be bigger. I just don't know. Bigger. I don't know what, what else I'm supposed to do. Okay. I feel like 
Well, the problem... I put stuff out there so much, and I talk to people constantly, and it just always seems to be at this, like, this sort of, like, this plateau. You kind know? of. For me, it's just how it feels. Or maybe it's just that I've been doing this shit so long that I'm, like... That you're burnt out. Burnt out. No, to a point. Out. To a point. It's just, I'm, like, numb. Right. I feel like the thing is that we're not hungry enough anymore. That I've I've felt this way. I felt this way last weekend. I sat down and I thought, you know, why am I doing this? Why do I like to do this? And I realized there was a lot of factors. And even though, and I stressed at the beginning of this of this this podcast that like even though we may dislike what's happening, to be blessed to even be part of it is yeah. is so big. And I know we've had a lot of good times, and we've had some shitty times too, but we've had so many good times in our opinion that, like, I, I can't just stop. I can't quit for the uh, 17 millionth time. I agree. I mean, this is so. why, like, I'm, like, I've had this kind of, like, blah, blah, blah attitude, but right. recently it's, like, I'm trying to get super, super focused, try new things. Okay. And just trying to learn right. how society is working now because I'm not a very social person. That's like the, that's the number one problem with bands is that they're not fucking social at all. I just think in Pittsburgh, the people that live here that still go to shows here that right. have seen me once one or two years ago aren't gonna come see me again, because I've seen them. Even though like it's completely different now. Like for example, when's the last time you came to a psych show? Shit, let me think. Do I have to think? I don't remember. It's a long. I don't time remember ago. either. It's a while and ago. I run into people a lot, like you, who say that they think highly of me, and it means the world. It's fucking awesome. It's probably the only reason why I'm able to like still do this shit. But then they don't come, and they don't. None of them come out to shows. Okay. But at the same you time, know what? I'll bite. As we get older, okay, it becomes harder to commit to things. When was your last show? With Sykes? Yeah. In Ambridge. In Ambridge. Why am I going to go to Ambridge to see you? I'm just I'm just saying. Like, That's true. Like, why am I going to go to Ambridge? When was the last show you played in Pittsburgh? Or in any area within 12 miles of Pittsburgh. 15. Two people from Ohio came to Ambridge. Okay. <laughs> There's two things I want to mention before we even go on. The first one is that I feel like you haven't played any big shows lately. I haven't seen a lot of, hey, you know, this is a big fucking deal you need to come see me type stuff out there. You because, know what I because mean? Because it really hasn't, I haven't, I haven't played any big shows. Right. The thing is that big is a perception. If you don't treat it as a big show, it's not a big show. If we treat shows like that, if we treat them to a point that's like, this is, you know, this is fucking cool. This is a big deal. I don't care if you've played there 20 million times. If you're doing something over the top that isn't just, I'm performing at the Smiling Moose, you should come out and see me. But if you go and you do something bigger, if you make it a bigger event, even as a band and as an artist, you have that ability to do some of that stuff. I I don't know. I've been really focused on building the live psych set. I have the band now. It's not just me anymore. Right. And it's, it's really hard for me, though, because I don't know where the fuck I'm going to play. It's increasingly difficult for me to find shows. And I don't know why. This is the way, this this is at least the way I try to think of it. The music I like is dead. I don't necessarily love every band that I book musically. 
I love them as people, but I may or may not enjoy their music. The music I, I obviously love is, well, maybe not obviously, nobody knows who the fuck I am. I love power metal. I love symphonic metal. Yeah. The problem is that I could find those bands locally to play shows. Bands that want to play, quote unquote, true metal. So they want to play true metal, but then nobody comes to see them. I don't know where the fuck I'm going with this. I had a point a second ago. I totally forgot. Yeah, I mean, this is just like me at this point now where I feel like I need to establish an entirely new fan base because everything that I'm doing is so drastically different from what I've done in the past. Mm -hmm. But I have this problem where a lot, everybody knows me as Sykes and I really wish that I could, like, change that. I know, easier, I mean, I, easier said than done. I, I feel know. like I've been continuously reinventing myself for the past three years. Okay, so you have the Lady Gaga problem. <laughs> What's that? Oh, okay. The Lady Gaga problem is every time... Like, whenever she came out, she did just extravagant Madonna-esque ideals, but at the same time went very artsy with everything almost freakish to a point that that was her gimmick. The problem is that she continuously did these gimmicky things. Not saying that you are. I'm not comparing you to Lady Gaga. What I'm saying is that she just, she beat it into the ground. So first album, The Fame, sold a shitload of copies. The Fame Monster, sold a shitload of copies. Born This Way, barely sold a lot. Well, Amazon, Amazon had a big thing on that. They they sold her album for like ninety nine cents, I think. They pay uh, they pay for the rest of it, so that that skewed sales. But in the scheme of things, eh. And then her latest one, this uh, what the fuck was it? Art pop, art pop hasn't sold a lot of copies at all. Like nobody gives a fuck about Lady Gaga anymore. Another thing that I wanted to get into, because you were just mentioning art pop sales have been low. Right. You would know this because you work at a record store in retail. Right. So you understand how this works. And I wanted to talk to you about that a bit too, because where I work, I work for an independent record label. Sure. And I wanted to talk to you a bit about, I guess, just music sales in general. Sure. Because you've been working there for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Disclaimer. Um, I'm a manager. I'm not going to say what store I work for, what company or whatever. I am part of a management team of a music store. Okay, I my the company I a work music chain. A music chain. We'll put it that way. Yes. Okay, sure. So I work for one of the five major music chains left in America. And fortunately for me, the reports that we get are very insightful into our business. They go and they really let us look into not not too too far, but like to a point that we can react as a store to certain trends. We can go and actually make changes. Our district manager is pretty awesome. Our regional manager is pretty awesome. They want to they want us to all think outside the box and react to this stuff. Based off of that, I have reports on different categories of things that we sell in our store, such as CDs, such as, you know, DVDs and other other items, right? Yeah. Okay, new, used, whatever it is. Music sales even in the country in general, have been on the decline. If you even consider iTunes too, it's on a decline. People are moving more to a, to a subscription-based model like Spotify. And before Spotify, you had YouTube. People just listen to music on YouTube. It is what it is. That's not saying that, that CDs are dead. CDs are far from dead. We're still selling a ton of CDs. 
I sell anywhere from maybe two to 300 CDs a day. Okay. Yeah. And that's not going to slow down. But what's going to slow down is just the general scheme of things, how people consume the music. In my store, at least, um, we've removed certain sections of music, not not categories, but we've just reduced the quantity of them. I don't think that we've reduced the selection more so than the quantity of certain items. Here's an example. Let's say that Lady Gaga's art pop came out because we're talking about Lady Gaga, yeah. right? Whenever it comes out, maybe we'll get in about, I don't know, 100, 150 copies of it because you never know. In time, those will go away. Like, we'll either never get replenished on it until we get to such a very low number like 10 or we'll just get them shipped back. Stuff happens like that. And a lot of times, too, like, we'll just, we'll have, like, maybe three copies of a certain Bob Dylan CD, and then we'll just go down to one. So it's not necessarily that the selection is dwindling, but it's more so that... The inventory, the, you're just... Exactly. And, and there's there's also some cool stuff, too. Like, like you're able to now make CDs in the store yourself. You can make a... A, a mix, if you will, of certain items, pick it up right there like 10 minutes later. That's pretty cool. I think that's cool. It's more on demand and more of the nature of the beast nowadays, if you will, compared to just being stuck getting like an album. You know what yeah. I mean? You can, you can really make a custom personal, getting more along the boutique lines, if you will. So I think that's cool. How has working it may maybe it hasn't at all but has your like job mm -hmm. influenced your desire to promote it all well here's what happened here's a very very brief backstory of me i did shows at a teen center the teen center closed basically because they weren't getting any money uh i spent four months unemployed i worked for an urban clothing store for about six months i had a pretty crappy pr production promotion faux company with a couple friends of mine well about 10 or 11 friends of mine at, at its peak i quit i did my own thing shortly after i got hired at this music store and i've been doing my own thing ever since and i've never looked back i feel like a lot of the influence from the record store how much control we have to a point i think influenced a lot of the desire for me to do stuff like that I feel like some of the things that they were doing outside of the box thinking, if you will, really made me try to do the same thing. I feel like you spend a lot of time at your job, and if you can appreciate certain things that are happening, you know, you can use that to inspire you to do anything. And this pretty much goes for any job. I don't care if you're moving packages in a factory. If you can find the way that they do it that's the most efficient way, you could use that knowledge to make something else more efficient based off of what it is. There's always inspiration in everything that you do, no matter what. I don't think I have anything else to say. Okay. I don't think I do either. Um, this has been real. Besides the fact, well, the one thing I want to say, though, is thank you for having me on. Seriously, I didn't, you know, I didn't get to say thank you at the beginning because I didn't even know we were recording at the beginning. But seriously, thank you for, for having me, you know, on and doing this. And even if this does not go to air for some odd reason or whatnot... Like, it's, it's been a real talk. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. And that is that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thanks for listening again to episode two of Start the Beat Podcast with Sykes. I am Sykes. This has been my podcast. 
I will see you next week with another episode and more stuff to talk about. See, it's a thing. I made it a thing. If you listen to last week, you know what I'm talking about. Goodbye.